Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the readings for the third Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord. And to put this simply in context, the whole season of Epiphany is all about the discovering—well, it's not discovering—it is the revealing of who Jesus is as the Messiah, the Redeemer. It is having our eyes of faith, so to speak, open to see more than a good teacher or a historical person, for this is what St. John says, the Word made flesh. St. Paul says, the perfect imprint of God the Father. Jesus himself says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so all of this is laid before us in the season of Epiphany. And this isn't the only time that this happens. And really, throughout all of the church liturgical seasons, the church year, we're always revealing who Christ is because we need to remember that Christ has come to and for us. Uh, today, our, in the last gospel lesson, we had the proclamation of, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, and that is from St. John the Baptist. And again, this is revealing who Jesus is, bestowing another title, but also showing the work in which he will do. He will be the sacrifice. And today we jump to St. Matthew, and we are in chapter 4. And we see the beginning of his earthly ministry. He picks up some disciples and he explains what they're to be doing. And I love this disciple talk. It's interesting. And so, we have uh, Jesus. Now, when he heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went into went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun, Nephtali. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be filled. And then he began to preach. And I love the preaching of Jesus because he actually doesn't say anything new. And I think this is really important. And the reason I think this is important is because your pastor should actually not tell you anything new. And it's not that you're not learning from your pastor or he's just telling you the same old things. But everything that has been given to your pastor comes from the Bible. And we have lots of books, we have a lot of discussions and all these things. There's a lot to learn. And we truly do spend all our life learning about what God has said through his word. And so it's not like we can exhaust this information. But with this, there's nothing new under the sun to quote Ecclesiastes, King Solomon. And so the pastor actually has nothing new to say. He's there to tell you about your sin. 
this is the law. You are sinful. You have broken God's commandments. You have broken the first commandment by having idols in your life. You have misused the name of the Lord your God. You have not remembered the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, going to church, obeying, listening to God's word, gladly hearing it. You have not honored your father and mother and other authorities. Uh, you have uh, committed murder, stealing, so on and so forth. We can go through all the commandments. We are all guilty of this. And it's easy to say, and I'm sure you being a Christian, you being a faithful member, you quickly say, oh, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. But then the question is, how much do you actually hear of breaking God's law? Do we just say, oh, my bad, mea copa, and just move on with our life thinking, oh, God knows. He loves us. He will just take care of it. He forgives me. And this is cheap grace when we realize that or when we think that, ah, oh, we just have forgiveness and we'll just continue to live the way we want. And Jesus preaching reveals that there's so much more. Because again, the pastor is not telling you anything new. He's revealing the law, reminding you of the law, telling you of the law, telling you how you broke it. But he's also telling you about the forgiveness of sins. He's telling you again about Jesus, going to the cross, living the perfect life, being the Lamb of God who spills and sacrifices his holy, innocent blood so that you will have heaven open to you so that you will have forgiveness, so that you'll have salvation, the resurrection to life everlasting. This is all laid out before you in the preaching. And like I said, this is nothing new. In fact, this is the preaching that's been happening since Genesis 3.15. This is what all the prophets said. This is what Moses said. This is what the Psalms said. This is what John the Baptist preached. This is what St. Paul preached. This is what all the apostles preached. And this is what all the bishops and pastors of history have preached. And so Jesus, being a good teacher, a good pastor, a good preacher, he doesn't say anything new. In fact, he actually just steals what John the Baptist has been preaching. John the Baptist at the River Jordan preaching to all those who have come, said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and then baptizing them for the repentance of sin. And that statement, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, when John the Baptist says this, it's true, because he's talking about the coming of Jesus. When Jesus says it, he literally, figuratively, all these things are pointing to him. So, and I don't know if he literally pointed to himself. I don't see why he wouldn't. And, but he really is saying the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. Wherever Jesus is, there is the fullness of heaven. And so when he says the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, He's talking about his work in its fullness, being completed, being given, being on display. He is truly inviting those he comes in contact with to join in this mission, join in this life, join in his work. 
And he's going to do all the work for you. He's going to pay the initiation fee. He's going to make sure that you know what is given and why it's given. He's going to make sure that the door is open. He's going to make sure that you get in because of what he does. And what's great about this is that he even works faith by giving you the Holy Spirit so that you get to receive his work in trusting faith, in believing faith, in salific faith. That means that this is saving faith, that we are gifted with the joys of knowing he has come for us. So Jesus comes and reveals himself again, that epiphany, that, that, that ability, that gift of seeing, hearing, and having so much more. The things that were once hidden are now brought to light. And this is real important because that's exactly what Jesus promised to do. This is what was prophesied of him, that he would be the light in this dark world, and the darkness would not overcome it. And he does this by bringing the kingdom of heaven. He is setting up shop and going to open the doors so that everybody may know and have this great and wondrous gift of the promise of forever with him. And so he goes out and he starts preaching. And again, he's not preaching anything new. And the statement, again, reveals the fullness of the Old Testament. Everybody's waiting for the Messiah. Everybody's waiting for the establishment of the kingdom of heaven. Now, some people are waiting for a earthly kingdom that will be ruled by the Messiah, the Christ, and that Israel will rule over everybody else because they're the chosen people. But notice, Jesus doesn't seem very apt for the building of an earthly kingdom. He's not gathering a follower, following of soldiers. He's not getting this huge bank account so that he can buy land and build great palaces and castles and you know all the things that go with what you think would be in a kingdom. He goes to the fishermen. Because that sounds like kingdom building right there. If you want power, if you want might, if you want followers, the charismatic people that will go and get other followers, you know where to find them. It's at the docks because those fishermen, they sure know how to speak well and they know rhetoric. They know how to, or they, the orator skills are ripe as they are sitting there fishing. Okay, so that's all silly, but that's exactly what Jesus does. To go forth into his earthly ministry, to go get disciples, he goes and gets some fishermen. And so, this is verse 18 of uh, chapter 4 of St. Matthew. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fisher of men. And I love this statement because he's playing on the idea of what they are. They cast their nets, they catch fish, and this is how they survive. This is how they make their living. They are professional fishermen. 
And then he says, there will be fishers of men. They're going to cast nets. They're going to catch men and bring them into this kingdom of heaven. Now, again, I have no idea how successful Peter and Andrew were. This was their livelihood, so I'm pretty sure they were pretty good, which is amazing because if you ever fish with me, I will be awesome in catching your bait. And I'm not a very accomplished fisherman. Love fishing. But there's a skill. There's an art to it. And with this, you have Jesus coming to these men and talking about their jobs, their livelihood. And he's going to use that language, that imagery, for the gospel. He's going to send them out with the gospel, with the Holy Spirit as the net that will be cast out. And the net, the Holy Spirit, will do its work and wrap up people so that they will have the gospel, so they will be brought out of darkness into the light. So there's an analogy, and like all analogies, it'll fall short. But I like this idea. So anytime we talk about water, especially sea uh, or, or the ocean, think of this as the abyss. And this is where if you fall in, you're going to die. It's the unknown. And I don't know about you, but every time I ever think about this, I always think of the movie Jaws. What's swimming underneath me when I'm swimming in the ocean or or a deep lake? Yes, I even worry about sharks in deep lakes. I know they don't exist there, but it's it's scary. There are things swimming there that are bigger than me. And that is just terrifying. And so the whole idea that the, these seas, these oceans, these, these huge bodies of water, if you fall into it, how long can you survive if you don't, don't make it back on the boat or somebody doesn't rescue you? I, I don't know. So the idea that the sea the, is the abyss, it's the place where people die. So the idea that the church is the boat floating out in the sea, and there's safety on this boat, there's, there's sanctuary, and you are safe there. And the bigger the boat, the safer it is, and all this great stuff. So I love the idea of the, the church being this boat, this ship, and it's like the ark, and it will protect you, and God has placed you in there. And so Peter and Andrew, they're the professional fishermen of men. And what do they do? But they throw out the gospel, and the Holy Spirit being the net is cast out into the abyss, and it pulls people out of death, out of the depths of all that would take them away and brings them into the ark, brings them into the church where they are saved, where they are safe, where they continually are being fed, cared for, nourished by God's heavenly gifts. And I just, again, love this imagery. And this is what the church still does today. The church still casts the net of the gospel, the Holy Spirit. And the church is constantly working to bring others into this 
kingdom of heaven that we get to live in. This is the joy of Jesus' mission. This is the joy of Jesus' ministry. Because what's great about this, just because Jesus died doesn't mean he stops because he came back to life. He came back in the resurrection. He came back to bring people into the gifts of all the life, and we get to hold on to the great gifts of what God has given to us. And so even in the midst of all that is happening, the joys are right there, because that preaching repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, is still given to us. We still get to be the recipients of that preaching. For not only did Simon Andrew do this, the casting out of the gospel, to being fishers of men, they helped teach and educate and bring others to do that. This now becomes the mission of the church to fulfill to do this, to bring others in. And so really, it's just exciting that we have the joy of this mission and this life to be fishers of men. And so it keeps on going. And going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. These are the, the, the brothers of thunders, the son, son of thunder, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And again, they follow. And this is, again, just a huge statement they leave their livelihood and they follow Jesus. And there's so much more to this. And I don't know how much Jesus has preached, how much they knew about Jesus. I don't know any of this. But the Holy Spirit so moved them that they got up. They left their father. They left all that they had to follow Jesus. And they become disciples. And, and we will hear throughout the New Testament all the work that they have done. And they do this because God, Jesus Christ, comes to them. And notice once again, it is Jesus who comes to them, Jesus who invites them, Jesus who bestows this work, Jesus who fulfills this work. He is the authority. He is the one at work. Notice James and John weren't sitting there mad at their father and saying something like, ooh, there's Jesus. He's that upstart new pastor guy. I'm going to go follow him. I'm going to give up this fishing. Maybe I can make more money doing whatever. No. Jesus comes to them. Jesus invites them. And this is the same thing that we get to have this day as the joy of Jesus revealing himself through the Holy Spirit. And we get to be brought into the life of the church, the life of Christ, because our life is that constant repenting, that constant turning away so that we get to be in the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, brought in by the work of Christ. And so 
this is a joy because as the, the gospel lesson will reveal to us, and he went through all Galilee teaching, Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of, of heaven and healing every disease, every affliction among the people. And think about this. Jesus has come to make right what is wrong. And this is the forgiveness of sins. This is bringing the peace of God. This is the work of covering our sin and death. But he does this and goes a step further in actually healing the afflictions. He makes right the wrong creation. And what I mean by that is the corrupt creation. We have disease, we have hurts, we have pains, and we're we're suffering in this. And Jesus comes and uses his power out of compassion to reveal his love by fixing, by making whole what is broken. And we rejoice in this because that's exactly what he does in holy absolution. Your sins are forgiven. That's what he does in baptism. That's what he does in the Lord's Supper. That's what he does in preaching. That's what he does in his work as he comes to us. So this lesson is amazing because it shows us and reveals reveals to us who God is for our salvation. It is Jesus Christ who has lived for you, to you, through you, and in you, bringing you to death so that you may have life everlasting. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.